of the fact that I was waiting too long. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was epic. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Look, Emily, every once in a blue moon, it's respect. gotta happen. You're right. And you know what? Respect. Honestly, respect. I'm just gonna put I'm the up. one holding all the cards right now. Oh. And by cards, do you mean shitty bottles? Yeah. Of yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. One of um, which I do have to apologize for. It was not intentional. I did not tie it to my story at all. Emily ever de- evidently got something really <sighs> I offensive did, I did. <laughs> at the store. And I'm like really excited. Am I? Here's my question. Are you going to hand me a bottle and then I get to guess as the story goes on why it's offensive? Oh, it's going to be very evident. (laughs) Oh, is it? Um, Shit. I'm going to hand you the not offensive bottle first. Okay, okay. Yay! Tequila. The really huge small bottle of tequila. That I had to kind of climb in festival to get it. I mean, it, is, it, is, it is on is the top, high. and yeah. I had to go up on my tippy toes and kind of hold on a little bit and, like, reach in. And for anyone who's not aware, Emily's, like, little. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm very short, and I went to the store by myself. <laughs> oh, boy, it was so... I'm just um, glad that nobody was like, can I help you? Yeah, no, I would have punched him. Yeah, that I was not in the mood. That would have sucked for that person. This is the one that I have to apologize. It was on sale. It was on sale. And I wasn't thinking... And I'm probably reading too much into it. I'm like, now I'm worried. (laughs) Guys, it's fireball. (laughs) Um, Is this a story about a fireball? (laughs) Is this a story about a pit bull? (laughs) (laughs) No. It is a story about an explosion. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I actually love that then. I think this is kind of festive and fun. No. (laughs) No. No, I, I told, not with this one. No. I told Emily mine was pretty sad, and she was like, "Mine is very sad." <laughs> so, um, we're oh. we're in it. We're in it today. We're in it to win it. Um, we're in it. I don't know about winning it, but we're we're in it. So we've got a tequila, a little tequila. We got a little fireball, and, and I got a Red's hard apple peach. Oh my god, I love that. I've never had it, so we'll I'm see like, if it's a hit or a miss. Right. I like peach more than I like apple as Same. far as things go. Yeah. So if we like this, this can be our shit. Like, I like apple, but, like, I like the tartness that peach brings. Me too. Yeah. I think apple's often too sweet. Yeah. Like, especially a cider. And I can get turned on, like, a mango peach. Oh. Yeah. It's very good. That sounds so good. Um... Here's, you know, I had an idea the other day. I had okay. like a little epiph. Oh, yeah. Um, what if Ooh. we did things this way? Oh. Like we always, we're doing it right right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but we just like get right into a story. But then in the middle, like when we come back from a harp noise, that's when we like update on our lives. Ooh. Just so like people listening can like launch right in. Yeah, but yeah. then also we'll be like, hey, so yeah. just like a swift break. It's everybody's, you get a literal harp noise and a figurative harp noise while okay. we're just sort of like, hey, what's, yeah. here's what's up. And then, and then we go back. My vibe is going to be sad, but like, let's do it. I think that's, I think that's fine. I kind of, let, let's at least try it and see how it feels. Okay. I'm into it. So we didn't, I didn't even, I don't even know who's going first. Um, you were preparing evidently, but I like was... you might be right that you, Hold on, let me think. Volcano. I did a volcano one. Yes. You did volcano second. Did I? I think so. Okay. So should I go first? It's up to you. Okay. Um, I do feel like... I can either listen or I can start with a quote. I'm also starting with a quote. Shit. Hey, here's how we'll decide it. How many words is your quote? Highest amount of words loses. Oh, God. I have to count? Yeah. So do I. God, why are you doing Emily's counting for longer. This is in my favor. If you're beyond 12, then... You yeah, can... I'm at like 30. Oh, shit. All right. So am I going first? Is that what's happening? I did say that person with most loses, but I didn't... You didn't specify, specify what, what that meant. What loses means. <laughs> do you want to go first? Because I, no, I have no problem with that. Sure. Let's fucking do it. Sure. Let's just fucking do it. Yeah. We'll get sad, and then we'll have slightly less sad at the end. We've never lived by the rules. Okay. All right. Hell yeah. Let's My do quote. this. Yeah. The whole world responded to this tragedy. Um, this is spoken by uh, volunteer archivist Becky Triner, um, who was in the museum that they had set up for this. Oh, no. There's a museum. Showing for- messages of condolence. 
mm-hmm. that arrived in its wake with Japanese calligraphy, drawings from Swiss school children, and telegrams from multiple countries. You're about to tell me about a, a very bad Japanese thing that happened? No. Oh. So, continue to quote, oh. this is the telegram from Hitler, which is still hanging up in the museum. Wow. That's... So, we've talked about the Galveston hurricane. Yes, we have. And I do still think about the cow. Me too. A lot. Me too. <laughs> and I wonder how the cow was doing after that, if it was in fact okay. Yeah. And did the cow survive? Exactly. Really wanted to know that. I thought I'd bring you another disaster from Texas. Ooh. You mean just Texas? Yeah. Right now known <laughs> as the third deadliest disaster in Texas. Whoa. After Galveston. After guess- Galveston. Wow. Okay. And after something else that I won't mention. Because just we in might, case we might do it. Might do it later. <laughs> um... Texas has a lot of these fun things. Though I think the ranking is off as they aren't really including current leadership's handling of COVID and the governor's mask mandates that are going to kill a lot of people. Yeah, or that time that like all of the um, pipes Uh, froze and exploded. when their power grid went offline because it was run privately. Yeah. Yeah. I see you, Abbott. I fucking see you. We all fucking see you, you turd. The new London school explosion. Oh, God. A school, Emily? M. Occurred on March 18th, 1937. Yeah. We were letting schools explode in 1937. Yeah. (laughs) I'm okay, okay. Go on. When a natural gas leak caused an explosion. This could have been preventable, by the way. No, absolutely. fucking Of course. (laughs) This sounds like it could. Destroying the London School of New London, Texas. <laughs> Sorry. In Rusk County, formerly known as London. Oh, wait, 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 wait. London, Texas. So it was London School in New London, formerly yeah. known as London, mm-hmm. in Rusk County. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So the disaster unfortunately did kill more than 295 students and teachers. Emily. Yes. No. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That might be one of the more tragic things that's yeah. ever happened in American history. I have pictures of the school before. Oh, okay. Oh, this is it's, before. It's, cute. it's a cute kind of, school. Actually kind of looks like a yeah. church, one of those community-based yeah. churches. And not then like a Catholic uh, this one. is after. Oh, my God. There's like one wall. Yeah. There's like one it, wall left. It, yeah. It went big boom. It certainly it, went all the way kaboom. Oh, my yeah. God. So mid-1930s, Great Depression. Good times being had by all. Um, surprisingly. <laughs> not all. Not all. I will say not most. But the London school district was doing well. It was one of the richest in America. Sure. Texas. Sure. Oil money. Yeah. Cattle people. Right. You get your ranchers. ranchers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1930 oil find in Russ County had boosted the local economy and educational spending grew. Surprisingly. And that, that is, is surprising. genuinely surprising. I, politics didn't quite work the same no. back then. We weren't just like against education if you were on the Republican side. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily. Like they like they had a huge oil boom along with like an additional like 15 oil wells that were set up. Um, so London school was mostly made of steel and concrete. Okay. Wow. That's actually, that's a really strong yeah. structure. Then. Yeah. I was thinking wood, so that's surprising. It cost $1 million to make in 1932, which is approximately $19 million today. I have no idea how that stands against other schools today. I don't know. It seems mid-tier. Yeah. The London Wildcats. Oh, nice. Um, played football, and they, they were the first stadium to have electric lights and like all these special things. They are bougie. Mostly. Mostly. Mm -hmm. So the school was built on sloping ground and had large airspace that was enclosed beneath the structure. And they had overridden the original architect's plans for boiler and steam distribution system instead of opting to install 72 gas heaters throughout the building. I fucking knew this was going to be gas. (laughs) Like, that's the only way. Oh, no. Early 1937, the school board canceled their natural gas contract and had plumbers install a tap into Parade Gasoline Company's residue gas line to save money. Well, 
so they just like they had one account for gas right and, and then they they're like nah that. we don't need it and instead they just tapped another line right okay which while not really authorized by the local oil companies <laughs> it was happening they're just illegally powering their Basically. school with gas nobody knows they have yeah <laughs> oh my god because it's fuck? all residue so it's just you know the offshoots of the oil. I'm thinking like office space where they're like, we'll just take cents off of every transaction and make millions of dollars. These guys are like, no one's going to notice this is gone, but we can power the whole school with this. Right. Okay. Um, so the natural gas was extracted, considered a waste product. And usually when you go by like oil refineries, you see the big flame shooting up. Yeah. That's where they're, basically flaring off the excess gas oh okay because bad things can happen if you have too much gas you gotta and things can it. go boom otherwise so yeah. you've got to go up and there's a whole like i did like i watched the thing about like drilling and like what they do with the it was a whole ass thing you you did it's some very extra dangerous research. yeah it sounds like it is sounds like it could kind of it's if not you let a good time yeah yeah especially when you're like drilling in and then like you pull the drill out and if you don't release the gas properly things go boom oh god the, yeah okay so company kind of like turned a blind eye because it was considered a waste product so they're like Ugh, so they fine. knew but they didn't care right okay but because it wasn't a controlled substance, they didn't have a controlled amount of gas coming in every time. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. So it varied. <laughs> sure. Sometimes they have enough power to for stuff, and sometimes they don't. Um, important note, the untreated gas is also odorless and colorless. They don't make it smell like rotten eggs when it's a waste product. Right. Maybe that's why you're not supposed to fucking use mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Because leaks are very difficult to detect and can go unnoticed. Yeah. Oh, God. Unfortunately, Um. (laughs) gas had been leaking from the residue line tap and had built up inside that enclosed crawl space that they were going to put, like, the boilers and the steamers in. Uh That was 253 feet of length under the building. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Students had been complaining about headaches. Oh, God. So they have symptoms. Like, yeah. there's, like, real shit. It's been going on for a while. Wow. And nobody paid attention to it because no one listens to children when they should. Even though it's, and like, a And this was, like, their big warning. The kids are getting headaches. If multiple children are getting headaches. Maybe you should listen right. to something. And you, and you know you're getting your gas in the weirdest way possible. Yeah. Maybe, like, watch for signs. Yeah. <laughs> What You're going to be fuck? a cheap bitch. At least be a smart Seriously, cheap bitch. Rich people blow my mind. Right. They're rich. I can't believe they would do the this. Penny pinching some rich people do. Fucking insane. It's like spend the extra like ten to fifteen dollars. Right. Just just like, do it the right get way. Regular ass gas like everybody else and don't kill two hundred children. I'm so angry. <laughs> March eighteenth was a Thursday. Friday's classes were canceled. So that the the students could participate in the neighboring city's interscholastic, interscholastic meet. Oh, man, they were about a, to have the, like, yes. such a fun time. A scholastic and athletic competition. Um, so following the school's normal schedules, the first through fourth grade students had been let out early. There was a PTA meeting going on in the gym. Oh, God. And then a separate in a separate structure that was about 100 feet from the main building. Although, like... The numbers vary. They've never really been able to determine how many people actually died. Oh, God. Okay. Because they don't have an, an actual, like, they have an estimate of how many people were in the building, mm-hmm. ranging from anywhere from 500 students and 40 teachers to 694 students and approximately that many teachers. Whoa. That's a, I mean, that's a lot. But they, you're saying people were obliterated to the point where they can't tell? Or they just, I mean, records are bad back then. At 3.17 p.m. Emily. <laughs> Lemmy R. Butler, who was an instructor, quote, of manual training. Okay. What the fuck does like, that mean? It's shop, your shop, shop class. Okay. <laughs> manual training. Um, turned on an electric sander. Oh, God. And because this is the 30s, most things... Light cars have a little spark. 
when you flip it on. It doesn't just come on and no. like sit there. Because, yeah, I was going to say, that's not even a flame. Nope. Doesn't matter. No, there was so much gas. Oh, my God. There was so much gas. How many other times had he turned that thing on? And now there's just right. finally enough. Right. Um, I'll get into like a bit more of it. But basically reports from witnesses said that the walls of the school bulged. and the roof lifted from the building and then crashed back down and then the main wing of the structure just collapsed you're saying it was like a cartoon for a second but there was no fire after the explosion like all of the gas got burnt up whoa like in that's how big of a boom happened wow holy shit it's made out of concrete right stories (laughs) from survivors in the building claim that Lockers were embedded in the wall and were thrown at them by the blast. Others were picked up by the force of the explosion and then plaster and mortar formed a white haze. It was just cloudy. All breathing that in. And just imagine being injured and then covered in the dust. Yes. Oh, my God. The force of the explosion was so great that a two-ton concrete block was thrown clear off the building and crushed a 1936 Chevrolet that was parked 200 feet away. Holy shit, 200 feet. It's basically like an F5 went through this building. Wow, yeah, and all in one moment. Right. Um, People did manage to evacuate after the explosion. Like, there were still people alive. That is so surprising. But they were obviously, like, in shock. Yeah. And, like... When you're that close to an explosion, they said that the world was silent. Oh, God, they can't hear. And yeah. then the sound just came back all at once. Oh. And it just probably was very overwhelming. I feel like in sort of modern filmmaking, they actually give a shit about like it, having you experience that. So when something loud mm-hmm. happens, you get that like tinnitus ring. Right. Mm-hmm. And then people just kind of look around days and they're always covered in dust. It's all, I'm just picturing that. Yep. Not no. Um, Obviously, no one needed to call 911. Oh, sure. Yeah, that one was I mean, heard around that, the world. Yeah, it was a, a very big boom. The cops, you know, are like 20 yards away and they're like, hey, wait a minute. Like- yeah, the <laughs> explosion was heard up to four miles away. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, obviously, the first people on the scene were the parents that were at the PTA meeting oh, in so, the gym. Oh, so the gym didn't explode. Because no. oh. it was a separate building. And then area residents started coming and trying to help dig out survivors. Many of these survivors who walked out kind of turned around and started trying to help dig people out. Um, Roughnecks, as they call them, don't necessarily agree with the term. Laborers from the oil field. Sure. Roughnecks. Okay. Anytime we're saying backs or necks or anything, I'm like, no, nah. nope. <laughs> probably not a nice term. Nope. They came in with cutting torches to get through the concrete and the steel rebar. Mm, yeah. And heavy equipment to clear the big chunks of concrete. Luckily, like we said, not all of the buildings had been destroyed. Right. Somehow. Just kind of that main part. Yeah. Okay. So, a school bus driver, Lonnie Barber, had been transporting elementary students to their home and was inside of the school as it exploded. Um, They continued, or he continued his two-hour route, getting children back to their parents. So they knew, like, their kids were okay. Yeah. Before going back to the school to look for his own four children. No, shut up. His kids were the, oh my God. His son, Arden, passed away. But the others somehow were not seriously injured. Holy shit. Um, Other school buses were employed to basically be makeshift ambulances because there there were not enough ambulances. Sure. For the amount of people that needed help. You've got to get so many people to the hospital at once. Yeah. It's a good so, idea. With a big disaster like this, obviously, like, help came in from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, this was such a big thing that, like, the news of it spread 
around the world, which is why they got all of these things from around the world. Oh my gosh. And because yeah. it was 1937. Yeah. World War II was just about to kick off. Hitler was in power. Right. The world is all sort of looking at each other like shifty eyed, like, yeah. are we going to do this again? Yeah. Fuck. And then that happens, and everyone's and it's like, kids. oh, wow. Yeah. And it's just tragic. And yeah. you're starting to hear about really horrible things happening yeah. in Germany, and like, this just yeah. makes you feel awful in yeah. that same way. Um, everyone was just, you know, desperate to help. That's very kind. They were just pulling bodies. They weren't checking to see if they were alive or dead. They were just pulling them out. Because, like, like, go, 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 go. Right. And you're all frantic at that point. It rained the night they were working. And it took them 17 hours to clear the entire site, which is fast. That's really fast. That is really fast. Many worked through the night, through the rain. And a lot of people had PTSD after it, which... They weren't calling it PTSD at that time. Of course not. No, they're just saying they were shell-shocked. Sure. And they, they were shocked by the rescue efforts. Right. Yeah, some people were disturbed by what they saw. Yeah. Um, one survivor, uh, there's a quote, says, Daddy worked so hard he almost had a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. As long as he was working, he was fine, but as soon as he came home and sat down, he'd start shaking. Oh, very traumatic. Yeah. You can't think for too long. You're seeing the worst stuff ever. Yeah. Makeshift first aid tents got set up. Morgues to house the enormous number of bodies also had to get set up. Oh, my God, Emily. This was a full trauma response, which yeah. they didn't have protocols for really yet. So they're really, like, establishing some shit on the yeah. fly. Good for and, them. yeah, a lot of shit got canceled. People from Dallas came in to help. Big city help. Good. Seems like they would need some extra, like, who's in charge here? Like, the sheriff's probably like, holy shit, I was not trained to do this. Yeah. I'm just here. We are a small town. I'm just in Rusk County. We are a small oil town. Right. I've lived here my whole life. I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) So, of the more, possibly more than 600 people that were on school property, including, like, the parents at the PTA meeting... Only about 130 escaped without serious injury. Wow. And then the estimate number of dead ranged from 296 to 319, but it could be higher because a lot of oil field workers didn't register in the county. And if they're going off of like census records or anything along those lines, Mm. when you've got a transient population coming through to work the oil fields and then moving on to the next one, if they bring their families, they might not be there long enough to register in the books. But their kids might be at that school. Oh my God. Okay. So, but it's like roughly half of the people who are in the building. Yeah. Oh my God. So like, on an upside, I guess, the younger kids had been sent home early. So most of the dead were age, or from grades like 5 through 11. Sure. Which is still I mean, it's horrific. Like, right. I mean, like, they're still children. But, yeah, it's like either, any glimmer of light you can find. Yeah. It's like that's good that those tiny, tiny children didn't witness yeah. that, too. Yeah. Um, there are, like... <clears throat> just a lot of stories because it's still like fifth graders are still like seven to eight years old ish. Yeah. 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 I mean like they or they, no, not seven. Ten like, uh, for fifth grade. Yeah. I think I was eleven and sixth. Um, but yeah. It's but still, those people it's still those young. kids are like they have memory. Yeah. Like it's oh, not yeah. like they Yeah. Don't remember this. Um, So unfortunately, most of the bodies were burned either beyond recognition or were obliterated. Oh, my God. I bet. So many had to identify people by clothing or personal items. Um, There was someone who was identified by the pull string from his favorite shirt in his jeans pocket. Oh, yeah. Um, To the point where like. Parents were fighting over, like, dead children trying to say that was their kid. Just because they wanted they, the closure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It that was sucks. bad. 
I guess on the upside, mm-hmm. a lawsuit was brought against the school district. Yeah, fucking good. And the parade gasoline company. Oh, yeah, for just letting but it happen. The court ruled that neither could be held responsible. What do you mean, my dude? Uh, Someone is responsible. I think it's both parties. Well, the superintendent was forced to resign. Okay. um, Because it was either resign or die because they were going to lynch him. Oh, my God. Well, he should have served. Somebody should have served prison time for this. Right. This was like an illegal use of a natural gas byproduct, which is dangerous. It just sounds dangerous. Yeah. And the superintendent, like, unfortunately, like, did lose a son, a niece, and a nephew in the explosion. But, like, people needed someone to blame. Always. Yeah. And that was it. I'm sure that was, that was his punishment, I guess, is, like, your actions. You leave. You leave. Yeah. Still. This was the era where you could literally be run out of town. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People, people in power were going to turn a blind eye to that. Right. But then you also, it was also the same era in time where you could just go the county over and be fine. No one knew you. Yeah. (laughs) So it was chill. There was no communication. Right. You were run out of town to the next town. Yeah. (laughs) Although I think his name probably got around. Yeah. Maybe he had to leave Texas. Yeah. Who knows? Um, So experts from the United States Bureau of Mines concluded that the connection to the residue gas line was faulty. Duh. I mean, something was wrong. Duh. They just went, boop, we tapped it, and then just, like, no one checked up. <laughs> so. Right. Cool. Well, because they didn't get it officially installed. They just kind of did it with a plumber. And then, and it, to me, and it's the, just, you the know, fact that they, it's fine. Poor plumber. I know. It's like, this isn't even my job. But like, right. what the, I just work on pipes, but they don't do this. Like, I'm just, this. like, thinking about, like, welding to... An oil line, like a residue gas line. I'm How just like dangerous even doing I'm that. I'm guessing like that's probably also why it was faulty because it's like, ooh shit, should we be doing it? Yeah. You just do the quickest job you can and get the <gasps> fuck out. Yeah. The the to me the gas company is like it's insane to me that they were like, This is fine. <laughs> right. Like, fuck you. So, oh my god. On as is expected after Something this horrific legislation came into play. Changes were called for. Yep. Unfortunately, that's how it happens. That's how we get most of the safety features that we get now is something bad had to happen. Right. Really, really bad, usually. So to reduce the damage of future leaks, Texas legislature began mandating within weeks of the explosion that the... Oil gets, and like the residue gas, Mm -hmm. also gets the rotten egg smell. Oh, okay. So it all gets it no matter what. Yeah, they all could have, they would have been able to tell pretty soon. So it makes it then detectable. And then that practice spread worldwide. So then all gas has the smell. Which is why then like, if you have the gas leak in your house, even if it's not from your power line, if it's from like something in your lawn that's running under, oh, you can detect it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. that's smart. There is also the London Museum, and they have a large granite um, statue that is carved and it's beautiful um, across from the school site that was erected in 1939. Some of our biggest changes and our most beautiful art come from like. The saddest times. Worst tragedies. God damn. And then, like, other than that, it didn't really, like, get talked about. A former student was interviewed in 2007 and said people were afraid to talk about it. Mm. Almost no family in this community was unaffected. And whether people would tell us about the explosion or and whenever people would tell us about the explosion, it would sort of be in whispers. And, like, don't say anything in front of so-and-so because they lost a sister. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So, because it wasn't that long ago. The 50th anniversary was in 1987. Wow, yeah. Like, I it mean, was not that long ago. There are still people alive that survived it. Right. I mean, they're quite old now. But they, they are. are they're, yeah, they're survivors of this even now. That, yeah, really wasn't that long yeah. ago. Here's like, one of the survivors. This is Otis. 
Oh my gosh. Hi, right? Otis. He's great. He's a very He's cute great. old man. <laughs> He's quoted as saying, there were so many bodies, they couldn't count them all. Um, he was an 11-year-old fifth grader oh, sitting in art class waiting for the bell to ring. Um, he said it happened at about 3.18 in the evening, a few more minutes, and we all would have been out of school. Oh, my God. Yeah. That yeah. guy j- could have just waited on that fucking belt sander. Yeah. Man. Oh, but that's not how these things happen. No. Um, and he said, when it blew, I didn't hear nothing, just looked like you couldn't see. But I knew where the front door was. <clears throat> knew where the hall was and I knew where the steps was. I took off and that's how I got out of there. Wow. I ran all the way home about a mile or a little a little over. Oh my god, sheer adrenaline. Yeah, he had no idea what had happened and he just knew it was bad and that he was scared. And that he needed to get There's home. There's no way he didn't like he probably bla- busted his own eardrums out. Absolutely. So he thinks he didn't hear anything, but then his and then his body was like, "It's flight time." Yep. You have to go. And he said, "I got a lot of glass in me, little concrete balls oh. and like stuff." Ow. But like he just ran. Oh my god. Which, yeah. Yeah, must have been on like the outer edge of the school. Yeah. If he's near a door and he didn't get absolutely, you know, bowled over by some concrete or something. Yeah. So Good he time. did join the military. Aw. And had a family and actually made a living in the oil and gas industry look when it's where you grew up it doesn't fucking matter you, yeah. everyone gets a job there everyone yeah even though it's like oh no <laughs> that sounds tragic <laughs> yeah i mean i hope he had a very good life um another survivor said sixth grade was the one that lost a lot of students mm. maybe just their location in the school yeah. Um, let's see, 33 boys and 54 girls were the estimate for sixth grade. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, a survivor's daughter is quoted as saying it inundated the sixth grade class. The yearbook the next year had almost no sixth grade students in it. Oh, oh God. Yeah. I mean, that's like a third of the dead is all one grade. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So like, I'm glad they have... The museum, if you're in Texas, in that area, go check it out. It is still up and running. Um, They also have, like, a virtual museum that you can check out. And there's some interviews with survivors on YouTube. Nice. Okay. kind of hard to find. I just can't imagine that this wouldn't be something. Like, now we can talk about it. And now there's a memorial. But, like, when it happened, it's like, literally everybody was involved in that. And you might give somebody a fucking PTSD episode if you say it out loud. Literally don't say it. Don't say it. We can't handle it as a community. (laughs) Like, that's how awful. Um, And you did warn me. I did. appreciate that. I did. What really kills me is that I don't understand how they know how it started. Like, that's impressive detective work on their part after the fact to be like, it was this belt sander and this guy. It was the bureau that they brought in traced it back. Wow. Because it's insane. Because, again, I watch a lot of weird documentaries. And watching an arson expert go through a crime scene that looks like chaos. chaos. Yeah. And watch them pinpoint specific things and look at the shading on things and, like, the discoloration based on, like, the explosion point. And then they start tracing it back to an origin point. Wow, yeah. And then, like... Once you start talking to people, like triangulating, like where in the story it fits and working backwards, it's that's amazing. Weird. It's crazy. Yeah. I could never do it. Because it, yeah, it, I think to the untrained eye, you're right. Like it looks like chaos, it looks like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been from anywhere, but right. I'm sure they're like, well, all of these beams have fallen this way. Right. And so somewhere over here is where it originated from. Yeah. Like, that's it, just really impressive, especially for 1937. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, we know exactly what happened, as opposed to, we will never know, which I would have also understood if that was the case. Well, thanks, Em. Yeah. That sucked. Do yeah. you want to have a do you want to have some of whatever this? Maybe not too fireball. <laughs> do you see why now fireball. that was <laughs> I mean, a bad choice on there, my part? But Emily, that you don't was... have to feel too bad. You said there was no fire. This so this was that's a true. gas ball. <laughs> that's fair. Okay. You that's don't have fair. to feel too bad. It's fair. 
Do you hear what? Here's what we'll do. I'll get um, shot glasses and yeah. uh, we'll harp noise. Yeah. And then we'll talk a little bit about our weekend. Uh, yeah. And then we'll just like, ch- you know, chill on my not that sad story. Okay. <laughs> Already. Almost. Oh. So. Well, I accidentally pressed play. So we're just oh going to assume you're right. Oh my God, Taylor. <laughs> it's fine. I can, you know, editing or whatever. No, it's fine. So we're back. Hello. We're back from a harp noise. Um, we've got a shot of tequila, which we need. Um, M. <sighs> Emmy yeah. did a whole thing on Sunday. I did. Um, and I watched it. You did. So I felt special. <laughs> Emily <laughs> Emily's in um, a cool like Shakespeare from the ground thing. And yeah, it's, yeah, one rehearsal Shakespeare. Yeah. The company's called Theater from the Ground, right? right? And then you, they, they do Shakespeare where they do one rehearsal. Right. And then, and just then you just it. show up and do it. I mean, and like you should be memorized, but there's somebody on book. So like if you fuck up, it's okay. It doesn't derail the show. No. And everybody kind of expects that. It's right. And we like didn't that. call line that much. No, you really didn't. I no. was like hugely impressed, especially the main four, which right. are like the plot drivers. Yeah. It was really okay with me that there were some people um, who just needed line every once in a while, because whenever... One of the like it's it, it's Midsummer Night's Dream. So oh, yeah. Demetrius, Hermia, Helena, Lysander, the main four. Whenever you guys were on, things really picked up and like stayed yeah tight because we tried. you didn't really need line that much. Yeah, like nobody did. It was really really awesome and impressive for one rehearsal and yeah. the fact that you had to do all that on your own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah. I was really impressed with all of you guys. That was really really cool. It was wild. <laughs> It went really well. Did you guys so. feel good about it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> she just blinked. <laughs> so there's something there. but <laughs> Well, because it's like this double-edged thing. Because it's like I am a plus-size woman. I'm not an ingenue. I don't play lovers. Like, except that you just did. I know. And that's the fucking thing that's it's, been in my brain it's for the cool. past like two months, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I think that was that's really cool. That like we talked about this on the way back was that like there are there were a lot of parts where there were people who I wouldn't have expected, right? Like playing them in that show, and that's exciting. Yeah, our friend Katie was bottom. Yeah, <laughs> I was she like killed it. I know she did such a good job, and like that is not what I would have expected. To me, whenever I've been in that show, it's been a couple times now. It's always like you put your male absolute comedic powerhouse at yeah. bottom. Yeah, but also to like to put a woman who doesn't have that much stage experience, but will absolutely do her like utmost best mm-hmm. possible. Like she killed it. She did. It was so exciting to see that. And like, yeah, you don't always get to play the ingenue, but you're awesome at it. Thank you. Like, it was super great. So. I feel like that type of show, the Shakespeare from the ground stuff could really be a way that you get to see people do. Well, and that's like the whole premise for theater from the ground is like, they don't want to cast in typical senses. Like they don't want to put people in boxes casting wise. Yeah. They do land acknowledgements before shows. Like they have it posted on the websites. Like they want to be as respectful as possible and as inclusive as possible. That's cool. Without like, being a dick about it. Right. And you're also on the board of yeah. that thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's like, it's it's a multiple person decision. It's yeah. not just like one guy. No. Which is good. Yeah. That's for the best. Because even even if one person has like really good intentions, they're capable of fucking up. Oh, God. Yeah. So like, that's awesome. I think, you know, that's how all theater should be. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it's not. Yeah. Um, but hey, I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. It's done. Are you ready? Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's... It's not as sad as yours. No, it's... Nothing is, No, <laughs> One thing is. Okay. Well... <laughs> the story so, we will never speak of again. <laughs> oh, God, you're right. That one wasn't just sad. That was just rough. That was too much. <laughs> if you're a longtime listener, you know which one we're talking about. Oh, Three harp noises. If you're not... Yeah, if you're not a longtime listener, fucking don't, find it. Don't. Fucking find the don't. app. <laughs> Tweet me when you have. I'm not on fucking Twitter. <laughs> don't on fucking Twitter. Don't <laughs> so, this is a quote Ooh. from our survivor. Mm. I am being tested. The human capacity for survival is being tested. And 
Anatoly Burgoski is a physicist working at the Institute for High Energy Physics in Protvino, Russia. Oh, Russia again. I know. And Protvina is one of 60 science boom towns that was built by the Soviet Union between the 1940s and the 1980s. Mm. So they just like would take these little towns and stick something real sciencey in them and then all these scientists would come and work there and then like a community would grow up around that. Wow. Yeah, an interesting idea. Hmm. So this particular facility was at the time home to the USSR's largest particle accelerator. It was called oh, the, God. the U-70 synchro- Synchrotron. Not a joke. That was, that um, is some, um, I mean, it's 80 sounding to me, but. Taylor. Yeah. Like I was going to say, like, <laughs> science towns sound better than like mining towns or like yeah. nuclear towns, but um, but he, yeah, it's a but, particle accelerator. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know what a particle accelerator is. If you've heard of the Large Hadron Collider at CERN, it's a like a huge circular tube that is built with like, I mean, like like a billion miles of wire yeah, like and like a bunch so of magnets. much shit. Yeah, it's, it's meant to create a near-perfect vacuum, as perfect as we can create. And then we put particles through it at, usually, like if we can get it, one kilometer below light speed to smush them together and see what happens. And it's how we, we discover like, you know, the beginnings of the universe and shit. Yeah. Like that. So they're trying to make like the God, the bu- God, God particle. particle. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, so the large Hadron Collider is like responsible for that. And this, this one is the U 70 synchrotron is like an older, smaller version of that. That's how I want to die. <laughs> right, right Just there. Shove me into, <laughs> shove you into the large Hadron Collider. <laughs> I will keep a note of that. Okay, thank we'll you. We'll get it notarized and we'll thank make you. it happen. Okay. <laughs> so it's July 13th, 1978. And Anatoly is then 36 years old. Um, he's a particle physicist. He works at this facility and he is made aware of some errors in the detector system for the particle accelerator. So to fix them... He will need to enter what's called the experiment hall, Uh-oh. which is where the actual accelerator lives. Oh, God. And I'm so nervous. I know. You should be. So <laughs> <laughs> when anyone needs to enter this hall, they have like some protocols, obviously. So you need to tell the control room that you're going to do that shit for one thing. And then the control room turns oh off the accelerator. Taylor! You- Because you just, Emily, you just can't be in there when the accelerator's on. Like, it's a really bad idea. Because here's the thing. Like, there's a point at which, when you want it to, the particles inside the tube will be shunted out of the tube to travel through the fucking air, just the open-ass air, at some detectors to do some readings on it for whatever you're doing. Like, they did a ton of different experiments, so whatever they're reading changed all the time. Is a guy about to get shot by a particle? So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Taylor. you're supposed to tell, <laughs> you're supposed to tell the control room. So they shut this thing off. And then there's, like, a couple other protocols. So he does this. For one thing, Anatoly is not like a dumb person. Again, particle physicist. He knows exactly what this thing can do. Uh-huh. So he tells them like, hey, I'm going to be down there in five minutes. Shut shut the beam off then. Now, one of the things that happens is that he just gets there faster than five minutes. Like he probably should have just been like, I'll be there. Just shut it off. But he didn't. Um, and he gets there, you know, three to four minutes after he announces, but he should have just like been able to tell that he's like, it was still active and he Uh can't go in because they've got, I mean, I don't know if you know about like this, like really sophisticated technology called a locked door, (laughs) Uh but we have those. Uh So there's, there's a locked door. It's auto locked Uh and there's a red light in the hall outside and it illuminates a sign that just says like, don't, (laughs) Don't go in. I should dump the rest of the tequila into my bed. Yes, you did. I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, So. (laughs) So. Was the red light on? Here's the thing about the red light. Um, Was it burnt out? It burnt out. And it probably did so almost right before he he went to the hall. Because somebody would have noticed. Like, that's a really important light indicating when the fucking 
machine is on that you can't go near when it's on. So it burnt out. It's not illuminated. And the door's not locked. Because the previous scientists had been doing some sort of experiment with such a low-energy particle beam that they didn't think it was worth it to shut the door. They were like, it's fine. And it just never got locked. They shut off the mechanism that locks the door, which Taylor. is really bad. <laughs> Taylor. So. Taylor. So, um, here's what happens. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? Um, these incredibly advanced safety measures just don't work. And he gets there a little early and feels like he feels a little bit like, oh, maybe I should wait. But the light's not on and the door's not locked. So I'm just going in. And he enters. Oh, God. And he walks toward the detectors, which, again, the detectors are the thing that the particle beam heads toward in the open air. (laughs) So he starts moving toward them, and he bends down to start looking at one of the detectors, and he sees what he calls a a light brighter than a thousand suns. Oh, my God. Think of the brightest thing you've ever seen that has not blinded you permanently. Um, Because it's that. That's what he sees. So I have to read more now because there's some science-y shit. I'm going to try to get through it, Like, Mm -hmm. but I just think everyone should understand. Trillions of particles pass through his skull in a second. Like, the second it takes him to move, basically. And Anatoly feels no pain at this. He felt nothing at all. Just the incredibly bright light. That's his only indication that anything has happened. And Anatoly knows what happened. Because he's not dumb. And he is a particle physicist. So he was like, oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Somehow, he has not been instantly killed. Like, that really should have straight up one-shotted him. But instead, like, this colossal amount of radiation, because let's not fuck around, it's radiation, passed through his brain. Fun fact. No. I looked back at the Chernobyl episode that I did. Oh, God. Um, that was at 56, just an FYI. I thought it was way closer than this one. But, like, 56, long time ago. So I looked at that to see how much radiation the people on site, like, the first people on site received, because it was a lot. And it's 410 Remkins. 400 is considered lethal. Like, not instantly, but, like, you're going to die. It's not going to be pretty. And that's what happened to those people. Like, they all died within a couple of weeks. Um, And then they they do say that, like, a thousand Remkins is considered instantly lethal. Like, you get that and your your body just goes, you're done. Want to guess the number that Anatoly was exposed to through this particle beam? 2,000. Higher. 4,000. Higher. 10,000? 200,000. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. I know. I know. It's fucking nuts. Because I, I saw 200,000 Remkins, and I was like, I'm going to go back to the Chernobyl thing and, and see. 400. 400 Taylor. Remkins kills a man. 200,000 Remkins of straight up radiation right through his goddamn brain. <laughs> Did it so, lobotomize him? Like, Jesus. I mean, we'll have to see. Like, does it cut a whole, like. You would think, it, right? <laughs> but it's just particles. And they just pass. That's kind of part of it. I promise I'll get to it. Emily is brain broken right now. Like, trying because to. Because I just keep thinking of the rap battle between, um. Did they put him up against Stephen Hawking and someone? Oh, 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 Einstein. Yeah. There are 10 million, 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 million particles in the universe that we can observe. The mama took the ugly ones and put them into one nerd. That's all. That's all that's in my head right now. And I'm like, this is not the time. This is super not the time. But I'm not expecting you to say 200,000. I know. It's too many. It's too many. <laughs> it's so much. It's, it's 199,899 too many. Too many. Yeah. Like zero is, is the right amount. I, w- and he I was giving an allowance for that. one. One. You can have one Remkin as a treat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not what happens. So what does Anatoly do after this? Like Stand it happens up. and he's alive. He stands up and he's alive. And then he or imagines, does he just stay down? 
I imagine, no, he stands up. I imagine he does what like some of us really would Touch do. Touch his like, forehead? This, nah, this oh. feels very, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he did, but like my brain larger, goes beam through head. Owie. Right. Oh, there's no pain. There's no pain. Oh, that's a problem. He, which is worse. So he's like pain. I you know he, you're alive. Right. Exactly. So did he think he was dead? I think he, I think he knew he was alive and then he maybe he didn't understand that, but sometimes I think you just happened, go, oops, all ghosts. Right. But I think what he did is panicked and he, so he finished his work. What? He stayed in there. <laughs> what? And he finished his work, and then he went home. Because did I he think, tell anyone? I th- no, he did not. This is a workplace incident. <laughs> this is a workplace insti- incident. This of the is a highest big order. workplace incident. I think what happened is that he went, "Oh, I made a very big mistake, and I this will change my life forever, and I can't deal with it right now." This is so I'm going to go home. Thousand Rankins big of, mistakes. Yes, <laughs> all at once. So. Then, okay, so I watched a video on this initially. Like, we kind of, it popped up on our YouTube, and I was like, oh, shit. And Jake was like, you should do this for uh-oh. And, like, that's how <laughs> that's how we found this. So this video um, <laughs> says that he had a night of worrying symptoms. Okay, like, gonna, no shit. I'm going to open this. Get it. If I can, ow. So <laughs> one of these symptoms is that the entire right side of his face swelled up beyond recognition oh that's a big think, symptom i apologize i say right here i'm pretty sure it's left because everything else is his a left side, side of his face welled up which is concerning it's a little bit concerning and so sir he, sir so he thinks okay so now i should probably tell somebody like i should probably talk to some doctors maybe <laughs> so as you can imagine the ussr absolutely has docs for this they oh, do. Yeah. They know what's no, up. They, yes. They've been dabbling. Them in the U.S. Oh, the yeah. Cold War was wild. We'd been dabbling. And, and I mean, this is, I mean, it's 78. So. Beginnings. Yeah. It's, We're starting is, to slowly ramp up. Right. For context, um, Chernobyl happened in 86. So we're still earlier days, but not that early. Like, yeah. they're dabbling. And they absolutely have radiation treatments. Yeah. So, he... He, like, gets taken immediately to the 6th hospital in Moscow. You might remember from that one that they just number their hospitals. And and this one has, like, the specific ward for radiation treatments. This is where the Chernobyl people were also treated. This is just before that. Um, he's there, and slowly but surely the skin begins to peel around the left side of his nose and yeah. in the back of his head, which yeah. reveals the exact path oh, that the beam Jesus. took. Through his fucking skull. I mean, at least it didn't go through his forehead. Yes, like it kind of went. It they show they show this like almost X-ray version of it, and it's like it goes, it passes through his right by his nose on the left side, and then takes an angled like path through his brain. That is why he is alive. It yeah, it misses all major arteries. Yeah, that is why he is alive. Hundred percent. He it misses most of the parts of like major parts of his brain and brainstem. He doesn't lose feeling anywhere except his own face. Like that's the only part that's affected. Um they but after they bring him to this treatment center, but they all expect him to die. Sure. Like I mean that he, was a lot. That's a lot. That's the Somebody most... had to bring the numbers down. I'm expecting like a hushed, rushed conversation oh, yeah. in the hallway. Absolutely. Of like of a what? He had he what? 2,000? 2,000. No, no. 200,000. 2,000. No, no, no. 200,000 Remkins. That's what we're pretty, we're pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then they all like have a good laugh because they're Fuck. freaking out. <laughs> what? Exactly. So you're all asking, how did he survive? Just yeah. like the doctors are asking. Yeah. Now from the video, here, this is real science and I apologize, but I'm going to try to get through it as quickly as possible. So particles entering a medium bump into matter and lose energy. As soon as they hit something that's not a perfect vacuum, they stop moving as fast. And if you hit enough things, you will stop. The ability of anything to stop particles in motion is known as stopping power. That's like an actual physics thing. And it's important to understanding particle physics specifically. That's why they have to make the Large Hadron Collider. That has to be a vacuum yeah so that's how the the particles can move that fast because literally even air has stopping power it will stop some particles like within a few centimeters so i'm not 
I'm not a science lady, so I don't want to get in the weeds, but we're saying that like, okay, the particle would be hitting his face, face, skin. Because I mean, we have to, if we're going to like full on like objects in motion, but particle size when pushed against something stronger will slow down or stop. Right. When you get to like the epidermis of the skin Mm -hmm. and then get to the bone, nasal cavity, like there's a couple things that I think would slow it. Right. And now that would be a bad thing just to be like, that would be a really bad thing because like that's kinetic energy. And when you (laughs) stop it, that has to dump somewhere. Boom. That has to become the radiation. That would be a problem. Yeah. So what, what, what actually happened and why this man is so lucky is that these particles were moving at trillions of miles. They're, they're moving at almost the speed of light and then like slowing down slowly in the air, but they reach him relatively quickly. And then his brain is, I don't know, like maybe, maybe six inches long total the the particles are still moving fast enough that they move through him they don't stop in him like he has the ability to stop them but he'd have he'd have to have a skull that's like two feet long because of how fast they're moving right i don't want to think i know gross it's like the like that the alien skull i don't like that But if he did, then then he would have stopped those particles and they would have dumped all their kinetic energy in the form of Oops. radiation into his brain. But they then didn't. he super would have died. Yes, super duper. But they didn't. Because then that would have been up in the millions. Right, exactly. But they passed right through him. And I mean, like, obviously he still has issues, but they're not as bad as it would have been if he had had a much longer skull or been further away or they hadn't been traveling as fast. So this man is incredibly fucking lucky. Exactly where he was standing, exactly where he bent over, he got hit in a spot to not die. The o- maybe the only spot in the whole place <laughs> to not fucking die. So, Anatoly undergoes treatment at the sixth hospital. He is treated by Angelina Guskova, who actually ends up treating all the Chernobyl people as well. Ten years later, what a career! She's yeah, she's um, like kind of the only person who knows anything. It seems oh like. My God. But unfortunately, because this is the USSR, we know nothing about his treatment. Yeah. It's No, they, they keep that a close secret. We don't know how long it, it, each no. thing took. We no. don't know his, yeah, what he did. No. But we do know that inside of his flesh, the nerves in the surrounding area slowly died, oh, paralyzing God. the left side of his face oh, completely. no. They said in a couple places, like when he, when he concentrates, only one half of his forehead wrinkles. Like it's almost oh, this wild, yeah, super weird to look at him because it's almost this super split line down his face that one side doesn't age. Like Botox gone wrong. <laughs> exactly, it's like crazy Botox. Why and get Botox when you can just get two hundred thousand particles? Just get a fucking particle accelerator oh, to <laughs> beam some shit in your brain. Don't, Jesus Christ. don't do that thing. He lost hearing in his left ear, um, and then he's he did have some like occasional petite mall seizures. <sighs> Again, petite. So like, oh my God, it could be so much worse. Yeah. A year and a half later, Anatoly is well enough to return to Protvino and continue work well, at the same facility. I mean, for how long he probably went to school. Right. To become a particle. Yeah. Physicist. physicist like. You don't want to give that that's, up. That's your life. Oh my God. You're probably actually kind of a big deal if you work at the biggest one of those the USSR has. And you fix their shit. Like, it's really important. But he goes back, and he can do it. Like, he... it. One article had said, like, like a lot of mental energy, like, a lot of mentally taxing things would really cause a lot of fatigue for him. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he even defended his own dissertation after this. He wrote his dissertation before the accident, but he oh, defended it. I was like, shit. After. I can't, I can't even imagine writing a dissertation like this. I mean he's done it but then to like think back on like all the work you've done and then go and present that to people and know that like your brain's different than it used to be and still be able to do it like amazing he wow. has to return to Moscow twice a year for treatment sure and for he 10- took 200,000 he's yeah to the literal face his of treatment's course, ongoing yes. yeah I would say um yeah and he is not allowed to talk about it for a decade He's literally got like an NDA. Like, yeah. don't speak about this horrible thing we let happen to you because we're Russia and you can't, well, we're the USSR and you just can't. We're do pre Russia and you can't do that. Exactly. So 
this is sort of aftermath stuff, but not everything is great for Anatoly after this, obviously. Later in life, he suffers a few grand mal seizures. Oh, I think God. a total of like six. That's Oof. a lot. Those are big, Oof. and it's not good. Um, One can take a person out. Yeah, absolutely. He survives. What all is of he them. made of? I don't know. Steel and and Russian Holy grit. Holy shit! Absolutely. So the government doesn't publicly recognize people who have had these incidents happen to them at all. And he's not the only one. Every time he goes back to Moscow, he's got a support group of people with the same problems who are not acknowledged by the government until Chernobyl literally makes them because the world is like, what the fuck are you doing over there? Nothing. Nothing at all. So we treat our staff very (laughs) kindly and respectfully and we take very good care of them and we make sure our facilities are to the utmost standards across the board. We we definitely don't let our nuclear reactors melt down at random times. No, no. We don't have an elephant's foot in the closet. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) So in 1986, when all that shit happens at Chernobyl, all the survivors are cared for by the state. Like they have their own like dispensation like you all of your medical care for the rest of your life is free obviously wow they don't even do that for people in the u.s yeah no they super don't uh, i mean i yeah we had to fight for them to do that for people in 9-11 so we're still <laughs> fighting yeah it's it's still on fucking it's going like, wow russia's literally evil and they do that <laughs> like, well a clock is right twice a day Right. No, it's amazing. So, uh, yeah, Anatoly, a survivor of a very similar, like his own personal catastrophic nuclear disaster, is not a Chernobyl survivor. So he's like kind of entitled to this stuff, but he's yeah. kind of not. And that I think he is fully. Oh, yeah, of course. But that paperwork disaster had has like ruled his the rest of his life. Sure. At one point, um, they were giving him benefits, but there was confusion about what he was entitled to and what he wasn't. Um, George Soros even gave him a grant for his medical care at one point. But in 1998, the Russian government, like he actually decided I'm going to apply for disability. Like I'm just going to go the regular route. And the government found his paperwork in which it just says that he was in an accident. Uh, Not not what it was. Cover ups. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to say what happened. Yeah. They deny his claim. Of course, because the paperwork doesn't support what he's saying. Right. So he's on incredibly expensive epilepsy medication. Yeah. And he has to go back for, like, whatever radiation treatment twice a year. And that's now on his dime starting in 1998. Oh, God. He did a an interview with Wired Magazine that year, basically mm-hmm. saying, like, hey, um, Western scientists can totally study me. You just have to pay for my care. But he admitted even then that he did not have the money to leave his town, let sure. alone the country. And he never did. As of the last time you ever hear of him, like he's in his late seventies, he is still alive. Oof. He's still alive now. Shit. <laughs> but he's he's still in Protvino, the same town. And he, I mean, I don't know how he's been getting care. I don't like. No one would say it's been really bothering me because I'm like, why is the last thing I've heard of this man from 1998 except that we know he's still alive? God, can we set up a GoFundMe? <laughs> like, right. like, like I, it's, it's such a U.S. thing to crowdsource for medical treatment. But this is some. I mean, but right. this is huge. I know this poor man, and he's obviously been maybe bankrolling or or relying on the charity of other people for like 20 years now, and that's crazy. <laughs> like, and he was yeah, absolutely like. There were things that were not his fault that went wrong, and then now his life has forever changed. But also, he could be so much worse off. Even he said, like, I live a pretty normal life. Like, yes, I have some issues, but I... Some people are just born with the same issues I have. Like, I don't... I can't believe I'm here. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? No one should have to go through that and then have to fight to get... The payment they so rightly deserve. Yeah. I mean, he's like, it was a perfect storm of circumstances, but none of those circumstances should have been allowed to happen. Not at all. Like these, those circumstances were, the safety measures were not enough. No. At all. He was, he's an educated man that they should have never let like enter any sort of danger like that. Like he should have been an asset to the state. If that's right. what, really the way they're looking at it, then like they should have taken better care of their people. Well, and it's just even with the light bulb, like I am not 
a scientist. I am an angry black woman. <laughs> but like, it would make sense to me that there would be a regular schedule for changing the light bulb. So it would never just like burn out. Right. Rather than waiting until it burns out and then changing it. That's such a man thing. That to me, that feels like a nowadays and an American. Like there's like, there's a person whose entire job is changing the light bulbs right. and checking all of like the circuits for every like important building in the country every single day. And on even the then hour. people like slack on that job. Oh yeah, absolutely. This one feels to me like it was just sort of like, yes, they had, they had these safety protocols and yes, like that light probably, it was probably very unlucky. Somebody would have noticed that and fixed it maybe even within half an hour. Probably. But the fact that it happened at all is like And leaving the insane. door unlocked. Oh my God. I mean, those people should have faced criminal fucking charges. Yes. That's negligence for an incredibly dangerous thing. It's wild to me how many people <laughs> don't get charged with negligence. Right? <laughs> And, like, the fact that, like, so, so many victims have to take these people who are responsible to civil court. Oh, yeah. Oh, to yeah. To get justice of any kind. Like, and it's like, no, you should just be. What the fuck? You should just be taken to court because you did your job so poorly that it negatively affected someone else's life forever. That that means you get to get arrested and go to jail yeah. for a while and then stand trial. Like yeah. that's just that should be it. Uh, anyway, thank you, Emily, for joining me once again on this little adventure <laughs> in my hot office that we call the uh oh feeling. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Why is it porn? I anyway. don't know, but we're gonna get your fan fixed. Yes, please. Your fan should... is going the wrong way. For anyone who doesn't know, counterclockwise is your summer setting, clockwise is your winter setting. I just learned this. I just to learned help this. circulate heat versus circulating cool air. I don't know how I know this thing you don't. I literally have never heard Jake. of it. I've never heard of it. You're right. I should That's why accost. I'm like, I don't know why you don't know. I should have cost my husband. Yeah. You're right. And you should be a little bit like Anatoly Burgoski, but yeah. like I actually think you should be like um almost no one in your story. Not because like there weren't You should be like the kid who ran home. Be the kid who ran home. Be the people who dug. Be the bus driver who <gasps> delivered the kids first before going back for their own oh children. God, I forgot about him. Yeah. Emily. You should absolutely yeah. be him. He was such, that's the sweetest that is, thing I've ever heard. To be so scared for your own kids. Yeah, for and two hours. But then to, for your empathy to stretch to like, well, other people are worried about that same yep. thing and I should get yep. those children I have home. these kids on this bus. Oh my God. You should be just like that, yes. man. Holy shit. Thank you for joining us once again. And um, I guess this time around, like what you should definitely not ever do is forget your can of bees. Bees. It's going to be bees. It's going to be bees. I appreciate that you didn't say gasoline. Actually. No, I, I thought like about it. I'm like, the, no, 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 no. That was no, not, that's not the that one. That's not appropriate that is for this. Not thing. the one. That's, that's not it. <laughs> that ain't it.